Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast that discusses current events, relevant topics, and emerging issues in pharmacy. I'm your host, Carly McMore, and together with my producer, Jared McMore, and the Australian Journal of Pharmacy, we are bringing you a podcast that draws on the opinions and expertise of pharmacists from all settings and experience levels. From those pharmacists who've already been a voice in the profession, to those who've never had their voice heard before. This podcast is a little different to the normal format that we use for podcasts. It is a little longer and is a conversation between myself and Melissa Sheldrick on an important topic. Melissa attended PSA 19 and shared an important story. An important story about how a medication error led to the death of her son. Melissa has been a strong advocate for safe use of medications. This includes pharmacists not feeling like they're being punished for making errors, but rather seeing it as an opportunity to learn for themselves and for other pharmacists to prevent the same mistake happening to other families as what happened to Melissa's family. So please listen to hear about Melissa's tireless efforts in promoting medication safety and the prevention of harm for patients. When you were sharing your story this morning, I also took a lot about how productive you've been with how you've tried to change things. So mm-hmm. people can take a lot of different aspects from it and just be very um, angry and hostile. And I think I wanted to show not just the progress with pharmacy, but also your personal journey because just how productive you've been and how you've really wanted to change things and what you would really like every pharmacist to maybe take away from this if Mm -hmm. they were listening as in when they've got a patient in front of them and when they're trying to do the best job that they can Mm -hmm. what they should bear in mind from your perspective Mm -hmm. so I thought I would start by just getting a little bit of background about um, your personal story that has motivated you to really want to make sure that medications are really checked and being used appropriately. Mm -hmm. We lost our son, Andrew, at the age of eight, about two and a half years ago, three and a half years ago now. And um, we learned after some time that he passed away because of a medication error and because a dispensing error was made and the wrong drug was substituted for his medication. It was a compound, so it was a liquid form, so it didn't look any different, and the label on his bottle was correct, and um, we just had, we had no idea um, why he had even passed away for four months until the testing on the medication had been done, and, and the coroner let us know that that was, in fact, what had happened. And the, the irony is that it wasn't even a drug. That was his, his medication. It's an amino acid. It's tryptophan. And there was a really strong, um, powerful drug called baclofen that filled his bottle. I gave the police the bottle. I said, this is his daily medication. We picked it up yesterday. Never, never in a million years ever thought it would be the medication. Didn't even cross my mind that it could have been the medication, but that was the only that was the only thing. He was a healthy kid, right? He had no medical concerns. Paramedics said, you know, sometimes this just happens. And I'm like, no, no, it's not okay. It's not, that's not okay. So I just gave him the bottle and said, see what you can find. Four, four months. Yeah, almost four and a half months. They actually had to send the bottle of medication to the U.S. There wasn't the, the lab testing facilities in Ontario. 
um, to test the tryptophan. So they sent it to the U.S. and tested it there and came back as only baclofen. So that's, that's where my journey started because when I, when I found out that the pharmacist um, had to self-report and had to be accountable um, uh, you know, by their own volition, I worried that they wouldn't do that, that they wouldn't tell anybody that this had happened and that nothing productive, nothing good would come out of this tragedy. So that didn't sit well with me. And um, I started doing some research. I'm an educator by trade. And so I often turned to research to find answers. And I realized that only in Canada, in the 10 provinces and three territories that we have, there was only one province that did um, anonymous error reporting and uh, safety pro safety program within their province. So I, I, I couldn't understand why one province had that and the rest of them didn't. How was how anybody going to learn about this? How is anybody going to ensure that this didn't happen again? Um, because of what we had been through, uh, there was just, there's no way that anybody should ever have to endure what we've endured. So I started my campaign towards change, and um, uh, we I petitioned to our government in Ontario to legislate a standardized safety program, and our Minister of Health uh, put us towards our regulatory body, our Ontario College of Pharmacists, and I worked with them to create a program that's now being completely uh, implemented into our pharmacies in Ontario. We are the largest province, um, the, the largest number of pharmacies. We have over 4,000 pharmacies. So it's been a huge launch. It's been a huge implementation, but it's just about finished now. And it is a program called AIMS, Assurance and Improvement in Medication Safety. And the purpose of it is a standardized medication safety program with anonymous error reporting because you you have to have the data. Um, pharmacists have to document where there are errors and near misses because if you don't know what's going wrong, then you don't know how to fix it. So we have to capture that data in order to measure the improvements. So um, your journey has been to find a productive way to find a solution to prevent other people from experiencing a similar so there's a couple of things. So one is about your personal journey of how you've been as productive as you have been <clears throat> to find a solution, but also what you would like pharmacists to take away from it when they're, I don't know, when an error might occur, when they might have a near miss, what they should consider, um, and maybe a bit of a culture change. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I thought I'd ask mm -hmm. about both of those. People always wonder how I do this and how do I get up and I talk about this horrible tragedy over and over again. And it, it's it's been a long journey and it comes with help from um, doctors and, and counselors and constant self-care and um, making sure that I'm looking after myself. But the drive and the passion is there because of the love 
for my boy. So that's really what keeps me going. And the biggest, the, the, the biggest takeaway for pharmacists is that there has to be communication. And that's communication with their patients, with their team members, with other uh, primary caregivers, doctors, um, nurses, and things like that. Because without that open communication, we're not going to get anywhere. And th- there has been a culture of blame um, where errors are reported, when errors are being reported. And we have to change that because it's not about pointing fingers. It's it's not about who did what. It's about what happened and how we're going to ensure that this didn't hap- that this doesn't happen again. And we really need to see pharmacy leads, pharmacists, um, take take up the reins and document at store level what's happening within their store and then taking the time to analyze what they've written to see, you know, where are the trends? Are, are things happening late at night? Is it, is it happening when they're low staff, when they're um, low on staff? Is it happening due to... Um, human fatigue. There's just so many things that pharmacists have to look at and be accountable for because a just culture in in pharmacy is really important. Um, We we need to give support where support is um, needed and we need to be able to hold accountable um, the work that pharmacists are doing. Did that pharmacy review what happened in that situation and make a change? There was, uh, the police arrived on their doorstep unexpectedly to do an investigation. They they had no idea what had happened. They had called, I guess, two weeks after Andrew passed away um, to see if we wanted the prescription refilled. And my sister took the call and said, no, I'm sorry, he passed away. And um, so then you know, because we didn't know why and they didn't know why. So the police did their initial investigation and then the coroner did their investigate, did his investigation and the Institute for safe medication practices did a full report, a really thorough investigation or report with conclusions and recommendations and things like that. So that report helped, um, guide the pharmacist to make some structural changes within the within the pharmacy, the setup, because what they found was that it was a very disorganized space and the oral medications and the topical medications were, were on different, on the same shelves and they shouldn't have been. And, um, so he did make some changes. Uh, I don't know if those changes stuck, right? We have no, we have no communication with that pharmacy. Um, one of the one of the good things that came out of it was the uh, medication jar that had the powder in it, uh, the label that was on the jar, the brand name font was quite large, and then the drug name was quite small. So they did adjust the font sizes a little bit as a result of this, because there was, it was four and a half months later. Nobody knew, nobody. It took them a while to figure out who was even on shift right? Let alone who mixed it and, and, you know, could they, uh, talk about what happened and things like that. So, um, 
ISMP was great in that they looked at all different facets of what was happening in that lab. And one of them was that the drug name on the label was too small. And so in response, the drug company did change the label a little bit, probably not as much as they could have, but um, I suppose that was, you know, a, a byproduct change that was a, a good result. Yeah. Okay. So some of the things that you've already achieved, can you tell us a little bit about that? So we have our program in Ontario, which I'm so proud of. Um, our AIMS program, the A and the S are Andrew's initials, and that was done very deliberately. So that always gives me a great deal of pride. Um, Nova Scotia was our pioneer province. So they, um, they led the way with error reporting. So the other provinces are learning from uh, their implementation and, and their successes. Uh, so we now have five out of our 10 provinces who have uh, standardized safety programs implemented in Canada, and the rest of the provinces are on their way. That It's a focus. It's a nationwide focus. We are, you know, 10 different systems, so lots of um, 13 different systems with our territories as well. So lots of um, hurdles to get past, but it's been really wonderful. And then um, PSA asked me to come to Australia to work with them this week and and allow people to hear my message. And the momentum is really building here in Australia. People want safety. Pharmacists want safety. The, the consumer wants safety. And, you know, the lawmakers and the decision makers, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a no brainer. Um, people don't want other people being harmed. Um, did you say that your daughter was studying to be a pharmacist or in the healthcare? She is going into a program that is biopharmaceutical sciences. So I think suspect she'll go more into the research and development area of uh, industry. Um, but who, who knows, right? That's the path she's starting. You never know where the path will take you. I thought, because, yeah, you mentioned it, and mm -hmm. I thought I was going to see if that had somehow motivated. Um, so everybody in your family had taken a different approach to the situation and motivated them in different ways. Mm -hmm. by the sound mm -hmm. of that. Yeah, it's made a it's made a positive impact for the for the trauma and the tragedy that we have all been through. We're making positive change out of something awful. Makes a lot of sense. And as you've been spending more time in Australia and learning about the Australian system, have you seen that there would be other ways or opportunities for them to change things here? Because I know that Canada's obviously. Um, a different, like every every country has their own different um, ways of dealing with things. In Australia, there's a lot of opera and a lot of um, reporting and a lot of, I'd like to say our system was, but it's not, and it's a lot of investigations and mm -hmm. it's a lot of documentation. Um, there, there, there are, there were, rep there's reporting systems across the country. Uh, but they're voluntary in community, they were voluntary in community pharmacy. Um, and that's, I mean, that's an important piece. And what we're trying to really emphasize is not just the error reporting to the third party that collects all of the, the data, but also the store level documentation. And so that it's not even reporting to anybody else, but just the, so that the pharmacy teams can then reflect on what's happened and, um, 
Yeah, and make some plans and, and figure out how they're going to improve their care. Have you heard of any success stories that have come from, from pharmacists and pharmacies doing this? And so the story that I mentioned this morning about the two um, drugs that were being uh, substituted for each other, um, the shelf was too high. And so the, the pharmacist kept grabbing the wrong bottle. And the only reason they knew that is because they documented it, right? And, and it never got to the patient. It never even got um, put in a bottle. It, it, oh, I grabbed the wrong bottle. I put it back. But they took the time to document it. And then that gave them the onus to look at the physical setup and figure out why these, this kept happening. To me, that's a huge win, right? It's a little thing, but it's a huge win because that's one error that won't happen again. We've also heard um, as a result of what we've been through is people are more um, diligent with checking their prescriptions before they leave. Uh, we, had a, uh, we heard from a family who picked up a medication for their young son and it was an antihistamine of some sort, and it was um, 10 times the dosage. It was 10 times the concentration of what it should have been. But because of our story and what they had heard, they checked it uh, before they gave it to him and took it back to the pharmacy, and they corrected the error. But So I, I think that, that consumer piece, um, the patient piece is really important too because we have to raise awareness and we have to get the message to the public that it's okay to ask questions about your medication and that's that whole communication piece right we want pharmacists to be able to open the lines of communication so that their patients can can feel comfortable asking them questions and sometimes they can be very personal questions so it's really important to keep those lines of communication open so what do you plan on doing? Oh, what are you continuing to do when you go back to continue to move the project forward? I have um, taken a leave of absence from my teaching job and I'm really going to focus on my advocacy work. Um, I will be working with the Institute for Safe Medication Practices Canada as a patient and family advisor. Uh, so that's, that's a new role. They're recognizing uh, patient voice, and they have um, taken uh, me on for different different projects along the way. So that's very exciting. And uh, and then I'm going to see what else I can tap into. I am always in contact with provinces in the country in Canada um, that I haven't heard from in a while. I always tap them and let them know that I'm still there. <laughs> And uh, now I'll be in contact with PSA on a continuous basis and, and uh, see how things are going here in Australia. And who knows where this will take me. I am totally open. And I, when I started my journey and I started that petition, I never in a million years would have imagined that we came, we've come this far. I was about to say, because when you said where you started, it was the change.org petition mm -hmm. and being able to really make a real difference is mm -hmm. pretty phenomenal mm -hmm. um, and that's pretty motivational to start from there and I think that's what I took the most from it because people mm -hmm. have a lot of um, causes and 
really important ones mm-hmm. that could really make a difference. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to get traction sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you're doing is, yeah, it's really making a difference. That's pretty exciting. And it must be very rewarding to see where you've come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be very hard to imagine where you'll be in the next couple of years. I have no, I am not even going to imagine because I just have no idea. And, and any, anything is possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. Maybe back here. Who knows? Do you have anything else that you'd like to share with the pharmacists that listen to the podcast? Um, just before we finish. My biggest message is, is communication. Um, really communicating with their patients and communicating with each other. <clears throat> and nothing can get in the same way that we can't blame one person for making an error. One person can't fix everything has to be a team based environment and it has to be a collaborative effort in order to, um, maintain patient safety and, and to make that the priority because what patients need, um, you know, we, we don't know. You have to ask. You have to ask. And the patient-centered care, it all comes back to communication. That's my big takeaway is um, talk and listen. Listen and talk. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the AJP podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions about this episode, please visit the AJP forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation. If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please send an email to ajppodcast at appco.com.au or follow us on Twitter at AJP Podcast.